everyone, I'm Neil on Wheels, and this is my new podcast. I can't walk the walk, but I can talk the talk. I'm a wheelchair actor who wasn't able to work during the pandemic, but rather than sitting around doing nothing, I thought I'd sit around doing something. In this series, I'll be chatting to people in the theatre, TV and film industry about the challenges they've overcome in order to achieve great things in life. My guest for this episode is well known to all fans of Coronation Street. The character this actor plays is married to David Platt and has had her fair share of storylines since arriving on the cobbles of Weatherfield, including the reveal that she was the mother of Clayton who killed David's ex-wife Kylie and most recently has suffered a brain injury as a result of being shot. This actor has also done numerous productions on stage, such as As You Like It at the Creation Theatre and the notorious Mrs. Ebsmith at the German Street Theatre. You know her as Shona Platt from Corrie, but I know her as Julia Goulding. Hello, Julia. Hi. How are you today? Are you all right? Yeah, really well, thank you. It's a rainy day here in Manchester, but um, I'm feeling surprisingly sunny. (laughs) Uh, Now, people know you as Shona from Coronation Street. Uh, You've been in the role now for nearly five years, I believe. Uh, How did you get the part of Shona? Well, my agent rang one day um, because I've been a lifelong fan of Corrie and I was always bugging him to put me up for, you know, anything, even like a, you know, to play a nurse or a sonographer or something like that. But he held off and waited for a regular part to um, come up. And yeah, he uh, he rang me and he said that there's, uh, there's, a new, there's a new part coming up to play David Platt's new love interest. Um, and yeah, I went for the audition and I got a recall, which I was just absolutely over the moon with and went in for a screen test and then, yeah, I got offered the, got offered the part. It was just best day of my life. (laughs) And on your first day of filming, was it surreal being in the company of actors who you'd growing up, you'd seen on screen? Yes, it was. It was incredible. I um I went in for an induction day to find out where my dressing room was and, you know, where makeup was and all that kind of thing. And I was just being shown the green room. And just as we went in for me to see the green room, it was a break from a, a Rovers scene. And there must have been about 10 to 15 cast walking to the green room, all in costume. So they all looked like the characters. There was Roy... There was Steve MacDonald, Liz MacDonald, all these legends. And I just didn't know what to do. <laughs> I was absolutely stunned. I just stood there like a rabbit in the headlights and everyone welcomed me and congratulated me on the, getting the part and stuff. And yeah, I think I was completely dumbfounded. Now, because soaps are on five days a week, what demands are placed on you as an actor and how do they differ from other acting jobs? Well... Because everything is so quick, which especially on on a soap it is, I think just being prepared is just so important. I mean, it is in in any acting job, really, you know, but obviously you don't have really the chance to read your scripts more than once. And because, you know, there's, there's so many changes that happen, especially at the moment with 
with the pandemic going on. So yeah, you've just got to be on your toes and get a lot of sleep when when you're not on set because it's 12 hour days a lot of the time. And are you working that full 12 hours or are there any breaks in between or anything like that? Oh yeah, we get tea breaks. Um, <laughs> and also when um, before the pandemic, obviously at the moment, it's a little bit different with the art department uh, having give, being able to give us sort of edible props. But before that, we we always had a cup of tea on on set. You know, we just shoehorn it into a scene that oh, I'll definitely think David and Shona would be having this conversation over a cup of tea. <laughs> so yeah, we get we get tea breaks and we get our lunch break and stuff. But uh, yeah, it's, it's it's full full on, heavy going. But also, it's the most fun in the world, so it doesn't really feel like work. And you you mentioned the pandemic. What's it been like filming Corey in the pandemic? Um, incredibly different. And it is, it's quite difficult really, because, you know, you've, uh, we're limited to the amount of actors we can have on each set. Uh, we have to be two metres apart from everybody at all times. Um, we rehearse up until we do a take, we've got our masks on. So yeah, it's, uh, but we're sort of getting used to it now. As I said, earlier the it's um hard now with props because like we use our own mobile phones on set um so there's no cross contamination with having to get your character thrown from from somebody from design so yeah everybody we're all much more self-contained you know you have to sort of look after your own stuff so you've got to be really sharp and really on it because if you forget an item of clothing like a handbag or something like that that you need for for a scene you are the only person that can go up to your dressing room and get that um so yeah you've just got to be really on it but we are getting used to it and it's it's running really smoothly to say that there's been so much change and after a hard day's filming how do you chill out what do what do you do to relax well, we used to go to um, to the pub near work, <laughs> and that was before I had a baby as well. Um, but now I come home, and my lovely husband Ben usually makes my tea, and uh, obviously a glass of red wine for sure. Oh, fantastic! I, I I love a glass of red wine too, Julia. So I I can relate to that. <laughs> now, recently you had a storyline where you were shot, and as a result, suffered a brain injury. What research did you have to do to prepare for that storyline? I worked with some some doctors from uh, the Christchurch Trust um, who specialise in the type of brain injury Shona had, um, which was a hypoxic brain injury. So she basically, she was shot in the stomach on Christmas Day. And as a result of that, she ended up having a brain aneurysm, which caused the brain damage that she suffered. The thing about hypoxic brain injury is it's is no one is the same, so you know it can vary the the amount of damage and um, and the result of the damage as well. So in Shona's situation, she she lost about four years of her recent memory, so she can still remember everything up until about two thousand and sixteen, which funnily enough was when uh, was when she came onto Coronation Street. So she doesn't remember her husband, she doesn't remember any of her friends or anything that's happened within that time. She won't get those memories back, but what she, what we're working on at the moment is obviously her making new memories and also the fact that um, the essence of who she is is still there. So we will start to see more of the Shona that we, that we used to know um, before the injury. 
coming through again. So she will she will make a full recovery, but she won't ever have the memories back that she lost over those four years. And going back to, to the start before Corrie, now, I know you from RADA, which we'll talk about in, in a bit, but what made you want to be an actor? I think it probably was being tiny from being tiny I you know I I always wanted to do it I loved going to the theatre um my mum used to take me to the pantomime every Christmas at Middleton Civic Hall and um and I just I loved the magic of it and I also I love history and I think sort of my my interest in history really spurred on wanting to sort of relive things I, I love doing classical theatre I love doing classical work but then also um my mum was a Coronation Street fan and I had my fifth birthday party on the Coronation Street studio tour because because of watching it and I used to say to my mum I wanted to be an actor on Coronation Street so you can imagine (laughs) how wonderful it was when that dream came true. Uh, So you had your fifth birthday party on the Coronation Street set did you say? Yeah I did yeah me and my cousin um Beanie yeah, it was great because they, they used to do, well, they still do tours now, but uh, when uh, the set, set was at Granada, they um, they used to do studio tours. So uh, my mum took me along to see all behind the scenes and the magic of how it all happens. And yeah, I knew then that I wanted to be an actor. So Corrie has played a significant part in your life. It's It's sort of made you want to be an actor and now you're an actor being on Coronation Street. I know, I know, it's wonderful. Honestly, it just, it means the world. It really does. Now, were there any other things that you excelled at when you were younger? And if so, what were they? Um, I was really, really into sport. So um, I I played football and netball for Rochdale. I, um, I, I was a trampoliner for Rochdale. I was on the trampolining team. Um, I loved cross-country running and um swimming although I was never very strong at swimming but I gave it my best shot you know <laughs> so yeah if uh, if I wasn't sort of you know up in my room playing make-believe I was I was out sort of doing some sort of sport. And what made you finally decide to leave sport behind and do acting as a professional career? I don't know really I think I think just as I, I, I got older and it, and I think if you if you want to be a sports person, you you have to have that drive and you know that that real want to do it and the strength and you know keep it up in in that way. And I think acting just won. You know, I just it, that's that's where my interest truly lay. So um, so yeah, I sort of left sport behind and and focused on because I knew I knew how hard a career it would be, uh, mainly because most people, you know. <laughs> encourage you to uh to do anything but but luckily for me my parents were both really supportive of my want to be an actor so yeah I just put uh, everything I had into it uh, and as I said earlier we know each other from the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art what was your time at RADA like? It was wonderful I um I think for me um obviously the training is is exceptional but also it's the people that you're training with and I had the most wonderful year of people around me and in the school as well. And I remember on my third 
my third audition round. Uh, we did our duologue together. Do you remember that? I do. I do. I remember it very much so. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it was it was just wonderful. You know, the the whole the whole place is made by the people, and I've I've got some of my best friends I've ever made in my life from from Rada. What what do you think you learnt as an actor whilst you were there that improved you from the actor you were before to the actor you are now? I'd say mainly confidence. And that's because we were just constantly performing, you know, like in your dramaturgy lessons, your movement classes, you're constantly being looked at. And I used to get really embarrassed and I'd get a big red rash, you know, because I just, I didn't feel, I didn't feel like I was prepared enough, maybe, I don't know. But because we were just constantly, constantly performing, I remember I remember seeing the the first set of third year shows when I was in first year and just watching them and just thinking I just wish I I had that confidence you know to, and and because with that I think your true ability really shines through because you're relaxed and therefore able to do your job better and yeah by third year I really felt that and um and I think that's what you know because it was a safe place to get things wrong or or, you know, experiment at something new that you might feel you've never done before. Um, so, yeah, I felt really ready for the for the industry once, once I completed the training. And you've also done a lot of work on stage prior to Corrie. Uh, you played Celia in As You Like It at the Creation Theatre. And you've also played Jessica in The Merchant of Venice. And being involved in productions like The Canterbury Tales on Cunard. Are those the Cunard Cruises? I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah, they, they are. They are. So Rada have a connection with Cunard. And what it was, was uh, it's the transatlantic crossing to New York. And it was seven weeks, I think, we were on the ship. Um, and there was a company of six actors, all from Rada, you know, various, various uh, ages and stuff. And we did The Merchant of Venice and we did The Canterbury Tales. And we'd just do one show of each a week because obviously it was the same passengers uh, on on the ship for a transatlantic crossing, which took six days. Uh, and we got to go to New York. And yeah, it was just, it was so much fun. I mean, and again, you know, the six of us, we all got on so well. And besides which one of them was uh, Laura Morgan, my uh, one of my best friends from my year. So uh, yeah, it was just, it was wicked. It was, it was so much fun. And then, yeah, the As You Like It was just wonderful. It was one of the best summers I've ever had because I was in Oxford and I've never really spent any time in Oxford and it's such a beautiful city. And it was a gorgeous summer's, gorgeous, gorgeous summer. And we did an outdoor production in Promenade of As You Like It through the forest of Arden and it was just great. It was brilliant. I really enjoyed playing that part. Well, I know Promenade very well because I've done many a Promenade performance in in my time, I, I was with a company called Taking Flight Theatre and we would often do promenade performances through forests and it, it, it adds a completely new dimension to theatre, doesn't it? Absolutely, yeah. It just, it brings it to life so much. And yeah, it's just, it's it's fabulous. I had a great time. It was a really, it was a really wonderful vision that our director had and um, and pulled it off brilliantly. What was it like being in New York? I mean, where did you go, particularly in New York, that that, that has a lasting memory? Well, one of the one of my favourite memories was 
we docked in Brooklyn and it was about 5.30 in the morning and Laura and I we were so excited. We got up early and we ran out, ran out on deck to see the skyline of New York and um, we ran out and it was complete whiteout. There was just clouds everywhere and you couldn't see a thing. And then suddenly there was a, a huge electrical storm over Manhattan and slowly the clouds lifted and you could just make out the skyline and it was just so magical. And then we looked to the left and you could just see the Statue of Liberty just very faintly and getting clearer and clearer. And we both got really emotional because um, it was my first time to New York and obviously it's it's in so many films and it's just so iconic, you know, that skyline and seeing the Statue of Liberty. And yeah, we both we got, both got quite choked up, to be honest. And then by about 7am, when we got off the ship, it was so hot already. It was ridiculous. I couldn't believe how hot it was. And it was only June. <laughs> and what are the differences? Are there any differences when you act on a cruise ship as opposed to... Uh, doing theatre on land, as it were. I mean, is there a a difference in terms of the audience? Are are there different types of productions that would only work maybe on a cruise ship that maybe wouldn't work anywhere else? Well, the the only thing about the theatre was it was built for dance. So it was very, very heavily carpeted. So the acoustics weren't great in terms of... I mean, because it was huge. It It was probably about a thousand seats it was absolutely massive and it was a proscenium arch but with a, a thrust stage so yeah the, the acoustics weren't fabulous but and also you know if it was particularly rocky water um, you would feel the ground move <laughs> so um but yeah no apart from that it was it was just the same as doing doing a theatre production anywhere else and this is the question I ask all my guests when they come on what has been your greatest challenge, either in your career or your life or both to date? My greatest challenge is has probably been to not compare myself to others and and persevere. I know that, uh, I mean, career-wise, you know. Yeah, just to, to keep going and believe in myself and have that confidence and feel worthy of the achievements that I have. But then in my personal life, the hardest thing I've ever done is give birth. <laughs> and what, what's it been like for you personally managing a career as an actor on Corrie, where we've already established that the hours are quite long, and also balancing motherhood as well? That must be uh, challenging in itself. It is indeed, yeah. It's, um, it's very challenging. I took three months off maternity and... They were re- they were great actually because uh, when I went back they put me on reduced hours so I only did three days a week and that was for about four weeks and then we went into lockdown because um, it was last March 2020 that went into lockdown wasn't it and so then I got to spend another sort of twelve weeks at home with him which was lovely it was really nice and also my, my husband was at home as well at the time so it was just the three of us and yeah I've um, you sort you just make it work, you know. I miss him terribly when I don't see him for twelve hours, but that might, you know, I might just have a week's worth of that because the schedule changes so much. If you're quiet in storyline, you might have more time off. If you're heavy in storyline, you might be in more. Uh, we've got a great support network around us with the grandparents, and again, because um, 
myself and Ben are both from Manchester, so we're lucky enough to have our, both our parents around, which is very handy for babysitting duties. So, yeah, you just make it work. And, you know, Franklin's an absolute delight, and he's he's quite used to going to his grandparents' house, you know, for the day and stuff, and he has loads of fun there. So, yeah. I, I only ask because my sister is um, homeschooling my five-year-old nephew and uh, it, it that is a challenge in itself <laughs> i feel so so sorry for people that have to homeschool a lot of my friends are doing it and um i wouldn't know where to start mainly because they've changed the way they teach kids these days you know like you don't do long division like you used to however i'm quite lucky because um ben my husband ben is just finished training to be a primary school teacher so if this does carry on, <laughs> we're going to have somebody at least in the house that knows what they're doing when it comes to teaching children. Now, I, I want to go back to Corrie because you said earlier that when you're not, when you've not got a heavy storyline, you're not in as much. When do you know as an actor that you're going to be involved in a, a big storyline? When are you told? How far in advance can you prepare? fairly far in advance if it's a really big storyline the producer will have a chat with you about it things like that and I mean the whole the way they schedule things I honestly I don't know how they do it it is a machine of a place um so we get we have a a schedule board that well when we were when more people were in the building it used to spread across one of the walls of the production office which is absolutely gigantic so you could go along and look to see when you were in when you were sort of in heavily when you were lighter but now we get that sent to us which is uh, which is nice so you know you can you can look up to about 8 weeks in advance of when when you're working however these schedules are all subject to change. So we usually get our our definite schedule the Friday before we start filming on the Monday. But we do get our scripts a few weeks before that in advance. So you don't know what scenes you're doing, but you, you have read them and you are able to learn them and things like that. It is a machine though. Honestly, I don't, I can't even, it's taken me this long just to get my head around it and I still don't really know what's going on. <laughs> Are there any particular scenes, I mean, you don't have to give me any details, but are there any particular scenes that have had to change because of the pandemic, particularly to you? Um, To me? Not really, I don't think. Nothing nothing storyline-wise as yet, I don't think. But there has been a lot of rewrites, obviously, um, because of the way we have to film now. So whereas you used to be able to have the rovers absolutely packed to the rafters we can only have up to five people in there now and um just to keep everybody safe and you know that I, I think they're making it work and and they've got a really really tough job on their hands but it's just fabulous the way that they've done it and you know the level of care that they they put out for all all the the production team and and the actors and crew and stuff it's they've done it really well so a lot a lot has changed but no for me I think I'm not sure if anything has at the moment. Obviously, I couldn't tell you if it had. <laughs> and that leads me to what are your plans for the future, either in 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 Corrie? I mean, are there any good storylines coming up? Um, I couldn't possibly tell you about upcoming storylines, <laughs> Neil. <laughs> no, but plans for the future, I think. Um, I'd love to stay in the show. I really would. So yeah, and as long as I'm happy there, and as long as 
you know, they'd have me, I'm more than happy to stay. Yeah. And to be honest, I just want all this to be over now because it'd be really lovely to be able to see my friends. <laughs> I, I know how you feel. Yes, Skype and FaceTime are one thing, aren't they? But uh, seeing people in the flesh, I think, is uh, there's a certain energy about seeing someone face to face, isn't there? Mm. Absolutely. You can't beat the hug. You really can't beat the hug. So, yeah. But, you know... And, it, it, you know, because it would just be nice to get back to normal sort of work-wise as well. You know, I want to get my cup of tea back on set. <laughs> Thank you, Julia. Thank you for being a guest on the show. Thank you very much. It's been an absolute delight. Lovely to talk to you, Neil. Lovely to talk to you too. Take care. Take care. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, please follow me on Twitter at Neil on Wheels Pod, and also on Instagram, the Neil on Wheels Podcast. Until next time.